Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And the centurion said, no, Lord, you don't need to come. I know how authority works, and I know who you are, and I know what you can do. And if you just say a word, I know he'll be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Jerusalem. And the servant was healed in that same hour. Again, his faith wasn't in himself. His faith was in Jesus. That's supernatural faith. When supernatural faith or the gift of faith comes upon you, the circumstances don't matter. God has spoken. Now, let me say this, and we'll move on from this um, gift. God doesn't need great faith. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for shortly I say to you, if you have faith as a what, saints? You will say to this mountain, come on, read it with me, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Listen, this is one of those verses that is misunderstood and abused. The mustard seed is the smallest of seeds that starts small and grows great over time. And people use this verse to say, if you believe enough, you'll get what you want. Am I right about it? You just need to have a little more faith, implying that you have to have great faith. Notice Jesus says just the opposite. Jesus said, you don't have to have enormous faith. If your faith starts off small as a mustard seed, you can have mountain moving faith. Jesus isn't talking about the quantity of your faith, but the quality of your faith. And when Jesus talks about mountain moving faith, he isn't talking about changing the landscape. The mountain moving, moving faith is so you can do what is humanly impossible with men, but possible with God, because all things are possible with God. And the, and the object of this mountain moving faith isn't your faith. It's Jesus. It's faith from Jesus, faith in Jesus. And I bring this up because there's weird teaching out there concerning faith. I've heard faith teachers tell people, maybe you've heard some weird stuff too, but I've heard faith teachers tell people whatever they need by faith, they ought to start speaking it into existence. You ever hear? Now, now the world is, you, here's, a, here's a catchphrase. It's really interesting. Now the world is using phrases like, I don't want to put that out in the universe. Y- y- y'all hear that? Y'all ever hear that? People say, well, you know what? They're going to say something they go, or something negative. And they go, well, I don't want to put that out in the universe as if what you say, y'all ain't following me. As if what you say, if you put it out in the universe, it's going to come to pass. Listen, you can say whatever you want. My God is sovereign. Whatever he says is going to come to pass. You can say whatever you want. 
Well, I don't want to put that out in the universe because if you put that out in the universe, it might just come to pass. No, 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 no. And the church, no different. The church has this, you know, idea that what you say and what you speak, almost if you speak it and say it long enough, you can create it. I heard one preacher saying, you know, if you need more money, then you should speak to your billfold and say, you big fat billfold, you. You have never been fatter and full of money. Or speak to your checkbook and say, you checkbook, you. You've never been so prosperous since I owned you. You are jam full of money. You know, if I see somebody speaking to their wallet, I'm going to take you for medication. No one talks to their wallet. You big fat billfold, you. As if if you start speaking, all of a sudden the digits are going to start climbing up in your bank account. Go check it and tell me how that works out for you. It's ridiculous. This is what they tell you, though. When people are teaching that you must have huge faith, listen, they are teaching you to put faith in your faith. They're teaching you to believe in your faith. And if you have enough faith, you can cause things to happen. Listen, we don't need to put faith in our faith. We need to put faith in our God. Matthew, pardon me, Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. God, not in yourself. We need to move on. The gift of healing. Now, again, there are those who say that the gifts have ceased, and they call themselves sensationists. Are you listening? They call themselves cessationists. Cessationists believe that the gifts have ceased with the apostolic era, so there's no tongues, no healing, no interpretation of tongues, no gifts. Listen, we don't believe the Bible teaches And I say it just like that. It's not a matter of we don't believe. It's not a matter of what I I believe. You'll not hear me say I don't believe. Or we as a church, we don't believe. What I will say is we don't believe the Bible teaches because really all that matters is what the Bible has to say. My opinion is just like your opinion. Everybody got one. But we don't believe the Bible teaches that the gifts have ceased. I believe that God is still in the healing business. Okay, if you believe that, I want you to clap your hands like you mean it. Will you do it? God is in the healing business. Notice in your Bible, saints, I want you to read this closely, and I'm trying to move fast. Look at verse 9. Notice in your Bibles, you've got to see this. To another gifts, see that S, of healings, S, by the same spirit. Notice the plural gifts. Most scholars and theologians agree the word gifts, plural, speaks of different kinds of gifts or different kinds of healings. Different giftings are given to different people according to the sovereign will of God for a specific healing. In other words, one person doesn't have a monopoly on every sort of healing. Stay with me. In other words, there will be times when a person with the gift of healing will not be able to heal a particular type of sickness. Let me explain. If you have the gift of healing... There may be certain types of sicknesses that you aren't able to heal, which would explain why you can't just walk in the hospital and heal everyone. Because God has given you a specific healing type, if you will. 
So you can't walk in the hospital and go, room 301, you're healed. Because people have said, well, if you got the gift of healing, then why don't you walk in the hospital and just heal everybody in the hospital? Well, because you may not have that type of healing, and then it takes God to lead you by his spirit in whom you're to speak healing over. All those things are supernatural. All those things are led of God. Although someone else might have the same gift of healing, it's different for you. Personally, that's why I have a problem with healing ministries, because it seems when the lights come on and the cameras are rolling, then your gift seems to activate and you're healing all kinds of sicknesses. Think about that. There's something wrong with that. Now, think with me for a minute. Paul had the gift of healing, yes? Yes. Acts chapter 14, verse 10, he healed a crippled man. Acts chapter 16, I want y'all to stay with me. Stay with me. Acts chapter 16, he cast a demon out of a possessed girl. Acts chapter 19, verse 12, he healed many people who were in Ephesus. I think of Acts chapter 20, a man named Eutychus was sitting in the window listening to Paul preaching. Maybe it was a hot day and maybe Paul was preaching for a long time. But he's sitting in the window listening to Paul preaching and all of a sudden he fell asleep, fell out the window and he died. Paul picked him up and held him and said, give the man something to eat. Notice Paul did all of these miracles, but watch this. Here's where it all comes together. He couldn't heal himself. Second Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that Paul had some kind of thorn in the flesh. Galatians chapter 4 tells us that Paul got some kind of eye disease in Galatia and he couldn't heal it. Paul... Listen, Timothy was, was um, uh, Paul was Timothy's mentor. And Timothy had a stomach sickness. Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Paul couldn't heal Timothy of his stomach sickness. I could go on and on and on, but the point is sometimes Paul could heal and sometimes he couldn't. Healing belongs to God. God is sovereign and decides who gets healed and who doesn't. But listen, all healing is a gift from God. Somebody say amen. God supernaturally, naturally heals. What do I mean? Well, think about this. The immune system is God's natural healing design. Huh? Are y'all with me? You get a paper cut or a cold. A few days later, it's better. Sometimes God chooses to heal through human agents. We have the wonder of modern expensive medicine. Hey, amen. When you take a Motrin, y'all don't think about this. When you take a Motrin or you take an Advil and it works, don't you understand that is supernatural natural healing because God allows that Motrin or that Advil to do what they have designed it to do in your body. It's still all God because God could hinder that Motrin or that Advil from doing what is what it's supposed to be doing. So all healing is from God, whether it's from a hum human agent or from a supernatural standpoint, no matter how you're healed, all healing is from God. And maybe I can get a witness here. Our God is a God of healing. Our God heals. I'll wait while you clap your hands. Our God heals. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Shalom, 
The Lord send peace, Jehovah Tzitkanu. The Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Roihai. The Lord our shepherd, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there, Jehovah Shabbat. The Lord of hosts, Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who, somebody read it with me, who forgives all your iniquities and Yes, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And what? By his stripes we are healed. Matthew 16, 17 through 18, in the interest of time, we won't read that, but simply Jesus says those who follow him will receive gifts of healing. I remember some years ago praying for a brother. Uh, he came to me and asked me if I would pray for healing for his back. And he told me the problem, and I believe God, and I prayed the Lord would heal him. And we agreed, it was at the prayer, and then we agreed and said, amen, amen, and we continued to talk. And this true story, right as we were talking, the guy said to me, he said, wow, the pain is gone. Man, it's gone. The pain is gone. The Lord healed me. And I thought, no way, you kidding me. And he goes, no, really, because I was shocked, honestly. Am I the only one? I mean, when you pray for the Lord to heal, and he actually does, isn't that a little shocking? I mean, you, you kind of go, really? He said, oh, I feel better. Is he healed? I went, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, man, I feel better. I'm telling you. And, and, and he goes, I, I just feel better. And, I, and immediately I thought to myself, I thought, now, how did I do that? Because I got to remember the process. <laughs> I just remember thinking, I got to remember the process. So how did I, okay, I took my right hand and I put it on the left shoulder. And then I took this left hand and put it around the head. And then I think I shook like two or three times. And then I said, be healed. And I made that face. And the guy looked at me like, is it take all that? And I said, be healed. And then I went, ah. And then he goes, I'm better, I'm better. I went, there is power in these hands. There's anointing in these hands. So, but you don't know when you pray and you, you pray and you're asking the Lord to heal. And Am I the only one? And you, you don't really expect the Lord to do it. When God does it, you're like, are you sure God did it? Are you sure you feel better? And the Lord healed him. And even to this day, he has no back problem. The Lord used me at that time. Now, honestly, I, 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 I should say that I, I have actually prayed for people and, and uh, they got sicker. And um, so... <laughs> You might want to think about it if you want me to pray for you. You might want to kind of weigh it and go, well, uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Nah, I think I'll pass. <laughs> you know, but God heals saints. Somebody say amen. And God will heal. Wait while you clap your hands. And God will heal any way he chooses. God's economy, listen, I'm coming in for landing. God's economy is unity in the midst of diversity on every level. I'm going to say this until you get it. 
Unity in the midst of diversity. Look at verse 4 through 7 again. There are diversity of gifts. Look at verse 4. Diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. The differences of ministry, same Lord. Diversities of activity, same God, who works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, God has given a variety of gifts to his church. Some have the gift of teaching. Some have the gift of giving. Some have the gift of helps. Some have the gift of administration. Some have a multiplicity of gifts. They have more than one gift. And for some, maybe one gift is stronger in its manifestation than the other. But we all have a gift or gifts, and we must use them for the profit of others. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The unity and the health of the church is predicated, listen to me close, the unity and the health of the church is predicated on two things, teamwork and diversity. Teamwork and diversity. We use our gift to bless others, and if we don't, we starve. I tell you this story, and then I'm done. Listen, don't move, don't close your Bible, don't move your keys, listen. The stories of a man who spoke with the Lord about heaven and hell. And the Lord said to the man, come and I will show you hell. And they entered into a room where a group of people sat around a huge pot of stew and everyone was famished and desperate and starving. And each held a spoon that reached the pot, but each spoon had a handle so much longer than their own arm that it could not be used to get the stew in their own mouths. The suffering was terrible. The Lord said, come now, I'll show you what heaven is like. And so they entered another room identical to the first. The pot of stew, the group of people, the same long-handled spoon. But there everyone, everyone was happy and well-nourished. I don't understand, the man said. Why are they happy here and miserable in the other room? And everything is the same. And the Lord said, it's simple. Here they have learned to feed each other. Remember I told you, every Christian Look at verse 11, each but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he, as he wills. I told you every Christian in this room is in each. We each have a gift, and these gifts are given for the purpose of blessing the body and ministering to each other. And when we use our spoon to serve others, then we get a glimpse of heaven. You cannot use your spoon. Listen, I'm coming in for a landing. Hold tight. You cannot use your spoon to feed yourself. The long handle, you can't get it in your mouth. But if you take that long handle spoon and feed someone else, and someone else take their long handle spoon and feed you, well, then the body of Christ is blessed. That's how the body of Christ is to work. I am to use my gift to be a blessing to you. And I seek to do that. I'm here on Sunday mornings as much as I possibly can to teach the Word. My gift is teaching. This is the only gift I really have is teaching. Every now and then, uh, uh, another gift will come upon me, and um, I'll, I'll function in that gift. And, and, but for the most part, I have one gift. I really haven't identified more than one, the gift of teaching. Um, I didn't know that I had the gift of teaching. I, I discovered I had the gift of teaching as when I taught my first Bible study to Anthony Ruby. 
on Camp Pendleton in near Oceanside, California. And Anthony, I led him to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and told me, if you led him to the Lord, then it's your responsibility to disciple him. So we started teaching a Bible study. And then somebody saw us sitting on the grass out front. And they said, can, hey, can, can, can I come to the Bible study? I'm like, well, sure. Well, they came and then somebody else came and somebody else came. Before you know it, we had 60 people at lunchtime on Camp Pendleton in a Bible study. And I started to realize that God had given me a gift. And it's interesting that every time that I've taught the Bible over the almost 30 years that I've been teaching the Bible, um, I've really never had a small Bible study. I've never really had one or two people, not for more than a week or two, because that's my gift. That's what God gave me to do. So it is my responsibility to stand here week after week and share my gift with you. It is your, I'll wait while you clap. It is your responsibility week after week to share your gift with me. And if you don't share your gift, then you're ripping me off. And I don't like to be ripped off. Nobody does. We are to use our gifts to be a blessing to each other. And if you don't know what your gift is, then you pray and you ask the Lord what your gift is. And in the meantime, you just serve in the body of Christ. There's so many places you don't need gifting to serve. For example, ushers and greeters. You don't need to be a, have a gift to usher. Matter of fact, that's not even in the Bible, the gift of ushering. That's not in the Bible. Or the gift of greeting. That's not in the Bible. All you got to do to greet is smile. Amen. Now, I know for some of y'all that's a gift. All you got to do is smile. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Hey, thank you for coming. Hey, this is a great church. It's the best church in the whole area. You have really been blessed to come in this place. (laughs) But it's just, you know, that's all you have to do. And then you serve the Lord until the Lord shows you what your gifting is. What is it that thing that God has anointed you to do? And then you do that. But I don't know that you can discover your gift by just sitting and doing nothing. God reveals an individual's gift to them. I'm just trying to help you listen to me. God reveals an individual's gift to them as they are about the Father's business. As they're serving, well, then you start to see that, man, you know what? I enjoyed this, and this is a blessing, and people are being blessed. That's kind of how you know whether you're gifted or not. Are people being blessed by what it is you're doing? If people are not being blessed by what you're doing, you can safely assume that's not your gift. (laughs) Say amen. People aren't being blessed, but doggone it, this is my gift. Well, then share your gift at home. And... uh, (laughs) But if people are being blessed, then you can assume that's your gift, that God is using you in that area. We'll talk more about how to identify the gifts as we, your gift, as we uh, move forward in our study. In the meantime, understand that we are the body of Christ and we need to serve each other. Uh, second service, I had Miss Betty, you know, Mother Betty, come up and she's so sweet. You cannot not love Miss Betty. And she was telling the people that she's 85 years old tomorrow. 
She's been to Israel with me twice. And she's walking around Israel faster than some 20-year-olds. God is my living witness. I'm like, slow down, I'm tired. She's like, come on, boy. She's so sweet. And she was telling people how this church reminded her of the body of Christ and reminded her of heaven. That in, in heaven, that every nation, tongue, and tribe of people is in heaven. And, and God wants us to, to function like we're in heaven now. If we can't get along here on earth and we cannot, you know, love each other despite our, our, our ethnic differences, despite whatever differences here on earth, how is it that we intend to get along in heaven? When heaven is made up of every nation, tongue, and tribe, and people. And I agree with Miss Betty. When I look out at this audience, I see heaven myself. Because all kinds of people go to this church. All races, all colors, all ethnicities, all backgrounds. Because this is what church is supposed to look like. Not the black church and not the white church. But this is what church is supposed to look like. And this is the place that we are to exercise our gifts that God has given to us. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.